What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. You know what there's a lack of these days? There's a lack of genuine mentorship relationships. And I think a part of the reason why there is a lack of genuine mentorship relationships is because we live in a day and time where there is competition at every level. And everybody, because we've monetized everything, we've made everything about entertainment, everybody is pulling for themselves in a way that makes it hard for mentorship to be what it used to be. You probably notice, and maybe you're in a system similar to this, where there really is no true succession plan. And I can tell you from my experience and why there is sometimes an absence of the succession plan. For some strange reason, people feel like a succession plan is in some way um, the way that they experience invalidation for their time, their talent, their investment. And so succession plan means that somebody else is going to come and benefit from what I built. To some people, succession planning means that somebody is going to get more shine than I am after I have positioned them uh, for greatness. And a part of the challenge with that is not just the people in the position to create succession planning, it's the ideology and the mindset of those of us who subject ourselves to mentorship. We allow people to make us feel as though we are better than those who mentor us. We let people tell us, oh, you are so good, or oh, oh, you're next. And we let people fill our heads with that, and we're so... Uh, we we operate in such a false um, ambition or a b- negative ambition uh, that we end up missing the the opportunity that we have to be mentored by people who not only are good at what they do, but they bring a wealth of experience. So we've got folks that don't want to mentor because they're concerned that if they create succession, then it's me, it means that they're no longer going to be valued in systems. And then you got other people, you got you got younger people and sometimes middle-aged people and older people who don't avail themselves to be mentored because they think that they are better than the system and or the mentor. So then the question becomes, what do you do, <laughs> right? Like, what what do we do in a world where we need to be affirmed and mentored and coached by people who know what they're doing? What do we do in a world where um, we need to find ways to honor elders and those who have laid the foundation and those whose experience has allowed us to get to the place that we are, right? What do we do when we are in systems where uh, there needs to be fresh blood. There needs to be opportunities for other people to advance and be seen and be heard, and 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 their high their their talent be highlighted. Those are the questions that I think are facing most systems, not just 
not just um, the, the the marketplace, not just the entrepreneurial world, but the church is included. Um, there are some families that um, need to make transitions with regard to the way that power is distributed and held. And if we are not careful, right, if we are not careful, um, we will be a mute generation where young people are mentoring themselves, right? And old people are dying with all a wealth of knowledge that they have not shared or distributed to others. And so everybody is like every man for themselves. And so then that cycle of mentorship, it, 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 it's almost like systems and organizations and families will die with regard to their potential for greatness because there is a lack of exchange between the people that know and the people that need to know. So why are you talking about this if you don't have the answer? I don't know. But I think that, first of all, let's affirm the frustration that many people, mentors and mentees sit in in this season, right? How do I coach somebody without being replaced? right? How do I teach somebody to honor and respect elders? How do I teach an older person to honor and respect innovation, right? What if there is a new way? What, is a new, what if there's a new way of thinking about something that we have been doing the same way for many, many years? How do I um, step back and allow someone to shine and coach and make mistakes under my tutelage? So, I think the first thing that we have to do is, I think we have to pray. I think we have to ask God to I'm first so let's 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 get a, a a bible example i think it was moses who was trying to do everything and he he was called to do everything he was equipped to do everything he had god on his side god was speaking to him god trusted him all that was in place right like you i mean n- nobody would question moses authority his power and his relationship with god all that was in place his father-in-law jethro would look sometimes at him and and wonder how are you going to survive if you end up doing everything yourself and let me just say that I think that this conversation around mentorship and creating and birthing other leaders and coaching them through seasons where they can grow, I think it's cyclical, but I also think that it's more than just being a good dictator or somebody who gives out assignments. One of the fears that I have, especially with my generation, especially the older part of my generation, no shade to y'all, y'all are 50 and 60, and you have learned leadership because the people who taught you leadership um, taught you because sometimes they distributed tasks and opportunities to you without telling you how. And so now you are (laughs) essentially recreating that cycle, right? And so I'm not talking about how to be a good um, person that passes our responsibilities. I'm talking about how to be, how to set a trend for mentorship where the fruit of mentorship is more leaders, more opportunities for people to shine, the, the carrying of a banner to a to to a new generation or to a new group or die um so Jethro 
um, sees his son-in-law essentially falling apart, right? You got all these people that God has called you to lead. This is not, Moses, about your capacity to lead. This is not about whether God has called you, whether your election is sure. This is purely and simply about your ability as one human being to carry a load, a full load, without the help and support of other people. So Jethro says to his son-in-law, you need to get other men to help you. And he doesn't just say anybody. He says, you need to get men who fear God, who are trustworthy, who aren't dishonest. And then you need to create systems where people can be mentored and uh, cultivated through your leadership in tears, right? Because you can't lead everybody at once, right? People, everybody can see you, but not everybody can be led by you. And because what Moses was trying to do was he was trying to judge everybody, right? He 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 was he was availing himself to everybody in such a way that it become it became hazardous to his health and to his well being. Jethro didn't want that for his son in law, so he's like, well, you're going to have to identify people who can stand in front of you and stand behind you, who you can pour into. Because what is the purpose of being Moses, the leader that God calls, if nobody learns how to be the next Moses? I think I'm going to call this episode the next Moses. So I love Jethro because what he does, and this is in Exodus, the 18th chapter, um, he visits him in, in the wilderness, right? And he begins to impress upon him that just because he can doesn't mean that he should. Um, and I love, I, I love Moses' answer. So his father-in-law is telling him, like, you don't have to do it all. And and Moses in the 15th and the 16th verse starts talking back to his father-in-law in, in a lot of the ways that we do, right? Moses says, well, the reason why I'm spreading myself thin and the reason why I'm the only person, the reason why I have to be the person is because, you know, people come to me and they want to know what God is saying. Um, and they want to know how to navigate disputes that they're having with one another. And they want me to decide between the two parties. And they know that I know the law of Moses, right? Uh, or, they, or they know that I know God's law, right? They know that 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 I will judge um, wisely in their affairs. So I'm sure Jethro was like, okay, so great. They come to you because you're the leader. Um but the things that you are describing as far as why they come to you, and this is not even about it, because there's some young leaders that don't, that, that are so concerned about people invalidating their leadership that they try to do everything too, right? So I don't, I'm not saying that like all old leaders don't know how to distribute responsibility. There's some young leaders that are struggling with this too, right? And so Jeff, I think that, that, that Jethro, he, He, he makes an analysis of the state of Moses, 
not based on Moses's capacity, but based on Moses's potential with the help of other people, right? He sees a better Moses because he sees all of the potential that Moses has if he learns to mentor and cultivate other people. So here's what Moses says. He says, what you're doing is is, is not good. They're, you're going to wear yourself out. They're going to come to you in every affair. And the more that they become dependent on you, they're going to keep coming to you. And this work is too much for you to carry. So Moses says three things. Moses, Jethro says three things to his son-in-law. He says, number one, you've got to learn how to teach other people. Like, it's one thing to cultivate and to mentor and to talk to them and to judge their uh, affairs, but you have to learn how to teach people to do what you know how to do. Listen, it's not just the burden of young people in this season to be uh, uh, to to pursue mentorship from older people, right? It's not just that it's a two way burden, right? Because if you know you have the obligation to teach, and whatever you sit on, and and this is not just organizationally, right? There are some things that fathers know that they need to tell their sons for the sake of their grandsons, right? Mothers know that they need to tell their daughters for the sake of their granddaughters, right? And so there are opportunities for us to teach. Like, so I guess if you're listening to this, I don't care how old you are, what you do, what do you know that you can teach somebody else? Now, sometimes we get caught up in the whole, well, people I don't want to be taught. For every person that doesn't want to be taught, there are five or six people that want to be taught. And so part of it is don't be discouraged by people who don't want to be cultivated. That's their business. That's their loss. Find somebody that wants to be mentored. Find somebody that wants access to what you know how to do. Even if it's just accounting or doing something. I I think that, especially in the workplace, I think we have the greatest potential to create and sustain mentorship relationships by taking the stigma off of asking for help. Right? We stigmatize asking for help because we feel like in some ways asking for help invalidates us or makes it seem like we don't know what we're doing. I think specifically in this era where there's a lot of race issues and and and, and, and we don't, we're warring with how we're perceived and all that kind of stuff. So I think it is hard, right? I, I, I affirm that it is difficult um, to navigate teaching other people because some people don't want to learn, some people don't position themselves, sometimes it's hard to find the people that want to learn, etc. But Jethro says, you need to learn how to teach other people. The second thing that he says is, you need to appoint people after you have taught them to do what it is that you know how to do. So that in the absence of your uh, doing it, somebody else can do it in the way that you do it, right? So you do it well enough that you are well sought after. So if you teach, this is the, what Jethro is essentially um, giving to, 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 to Moses is, is more than just uh, uh, mentorship uh, in, the, in the sense. This is a, uh, a 
powerful example of how to even build in the entrepreneurial world, right? Like, because sometimes we get locked into our own skill, right? Like, I know how to do this. And it's funny because, like, when you run into people who are doing pyramid schemes and stuff like that, like, what they are doing is they are adopting this Jethro mindset, right? That after I've learned how to do it and I master it and I teach somebody else and then I benefit from what they um, learn from me and teach somebody else, right? And so Jethro says, you need to get other people that, that can do what you do so that you don't have to do it, right? And then he says to him, it doesn't make you invaluable. I love this about what Jethro says to um, to um I love that. I love what um, Jethro says to to Moses. He doesn't say after you've trained other people and, and gotten assistance and put people in front of you who can do it. He doesn't say that you become invaluable and there's no longer a place for you because you taught other people. He said there's some cases that you take and you listen to because they're too difficult for the people that you have trained. And did that training other people doesn't negate the gifting that God has given you. It positions you to actually continue training, but also to help people who need your help the most, right? And so, if it Jeff was trying to clean off uh, 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 Moses's Outlook calendar, right? He's trying to make um, being an entrepreneur easier for him by saying that if you teach somebody how then you can do the things that are most important to you. So I I think that we need to be thinking about what, who can we be a Jethro to, right? And then if we are in the position of Moses, how do we take what the Jethros tell us to do? Now, here's the thing. Moses was presented with this choice to listen to his father-in-law. And he could have been like, well, that's my father-in-law. He always trying to tell me what to do. He could have uh, decided that perhaps Jethro's uh, admonishment to him was invalid because Jethro had never led or uh, as many people or did not have the same calling as he had. He could have invalidated uh, what Jethro said and decided to do it his own way and continue to do it the way that he was doing it. Right. But he decided he was presented with this choice to make things easier for himself and not necessarily easier, but more efficient. Right. He was invited into a more efficient way of experiencing and thinking about the work um, that he is called to do. And so those of us that sit in the space of Moses, what's our responsibility after we have gotten admonition from those that we avail ourselves to be mentored to to move forward like what are we going to do next what are we going to do with the admonition that we have been given to make things easier for ourselves by teaching and mentoring other people right and then how are we going we've got to work through um, the idea of feeling replaced or feeling taken advantage of or losing uh, influence or losing money or whatever it is that we're struggling with and we've got to decide that building a legacy is more important right than than, than wearing ourselves thin there's so many benefits to asking other people to help us. There's so many benefits from training other people to do what we know how to do. And a lot of times people will say, well, oh no, if you don't do it, then I don't want, well, you might not get it then because what happens after I wear myself thin, I'm gonna run myself into an early grave and then nobody's gonna know how to do what I do because I didn't teach anybody.
Anyway, I think we need to think deeply about how we've gotten to the place that we've gotten. And yes, there are some things that I learned because somebody told me to do it and I figured it out on my own. But the experiences that I cherish the most is when somebody showed me how to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like y'all, I, I, or I, I don't know if I'm like y'all because I don't know how y'all function. But I know for me, I haven't always been ready to hear what people have to say, right? But at the same time, I have a lot of examples of when I yielded to listen to other people and God um, allowed me to benefit from what I availed myself to be taught. So the teachers got to teach and the students got to keep learning, right? I think that that's the, the, the crux of what I'm trying to say today. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Season with Soft, the podcast. My name is Dominique, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope you remember that life is nothing without salt, and that salt is what um, God um, uses to describe those of us who are in alignment and relationship with him, and we have the ability to bring flavor to the world. All right? Peace. <music>